Hey, Unchained listeners. As you know, it's hard keeping up with the fast-paced world of crypto, so we've got just the thing for you. Subscribe to our free Unchained daily newsletter at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. You'll get the latest crypto news and original articles from our reporters, as well as summaries of other happenings and bullet points, plus our meme of the day, all curated and written by our amazing team. It's still your no-hype resource for all things crypto, just in newsletter form. Sign up at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unconfirmed, the podcast that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin. If you aren't receiving my weekly email newsletter, go to unchainedpodcast.com to sign up. And don't forget that Unchained and Unconfirmed are now on YouTube. You can go subscribe there to be alerted to all the latest episodes of both podcasts. Cypher Trace cutting-edge cryptocurrency intelligence powers anti-money laundering, blockchain analytics, and threat intel. Leading exchanges, virtual currency businesses, banks, and regulators themselves use CypherTrace to comply with regulation and to monitor compliance. Crypto.com is the place you can buy crypto at true cost. Earn up to 8% per year on your BTC, ETH, XRP, and more. Install the Crypto.com app now. Today's guest is Maria Shen, Head of Data Science at Electric Capital. Welcome, Maria. Thank you, Laura. It's great to be here. Electric Capital released a massive report this week about the state of developer activity in the blockchain and crypto ecosystem. What exactly did you look at and what were your main findings? Yeah, that's a great question. So the developer report is a deep analysis of a developer activity across 27,000 code repositories and 22 million code commits. And that really enables us to look at two things. So the first thing on a high level is it enables us to look at how many developers are active in open source crypto. And a layer beyond that is how many active developers are in each ecosystem. And, you know, what we found is that there's close to 7,000 developers in the crypto ecosystem, but this is actually a dramatic undercounting. So I think one important caveat here is that we only look at open source repositories, which means things like exchanges, enterprise chains um, are not counted. And so a lot of projects are closed source. And uh, but there are things that people really care about that are open source, like Bitcoin and Ethereum that we really focus on here. And when you say you looked at the code repositories, what factors or features were you analyzing? Yeah, so we look at code commits, but not just that. We really deduplicate um, code to look at what is original. So when we, when we look at a commit, we look at what the code author is. And so if you have a fork of an original code base, we don't count that towards your activity. Um, so using those signals, we're able to look at how many monthly active developers each ecosystem has. And one of the big storylines broadly about the crypto space has been the downturn and stagnation in the prices. Mm -hmm. Is that correlated or uncorrelated with developer activity? Like, were your findings in line with this downturn or, or was there a different story? There's absolutely a different story. And I think that's What's really interesting here. So even though, um, 
you know, as you mentioned, a lot of cryptocurrencies fell maybe 70, 80% over the past year. The big finding here is that full-time developers actually increased 13% over the last year. Um, and we define full-time developers as someone who commits code 10 days or more in a month. And it means that you're really active. You're really devoting a lot of time, you know, your weekends, your weeknights to building inside the ecosystem. Um, and digging into that even just a little bit further, when we were doing this analysis, we noticed that a high at a high level, the number of unique developers had fallen 10%, but the amount of code being written had not fallen. So that was really puzzling, right? So what was going on here? You know, how is it possible that the amount of code written um, uh, remains the same, code activity remains the same, but developers have fallen? And so what we really found is that many of the developers are infrequent contributors. So 30% of developers contribute only once a month. And if you look at quote-unquote developer loss, 80% of that developer loss came from one-time or part-time developers. And so the people who actually commit code, who are actually working really hard within these ecosystems, uh, who commit code 10 times or more a month actually went up. And that was really our biggest finding here. And were there also trends that you noticed between coins? Um, I noticed that some of the analysis you did was, for instance, separating out the top 100 coins from the rest. Mm -hmm. And even within that, there were other sort of subcategories. So what kinds of trends did you see even within the coins themselves? Yeah, we can, you know, maybe one way to organize this is look at it from top 100 network value, start with the biggest projects and move down. So if you just look at the biggest names in crypto, Bitcoin and Ethereum, we can start there. So for Bitcoin, the trend was really fascinating. What we found is that since 2014, the number of developers that work in the Bitcoin ecosystem hasn't fallen below 100. And in fact, there's right now more than 300 developers in the Bitcoin ecosystem. So that's massive and it's very consistent over the years. And for Ethereum, one in five developers are working inside the Ethereum ecosystem. And just to kind of remind everyone what an ecosystem is, um, an ecosystem includes decentralized applications, it includes wallets, includes infrastructure, as well as core protocol. Um, so, you know, from a very high level, at least looking at Bitcoin and Ethereum, the uh, developer ecosystem is very, very healthy there. And if we move down a little bit into uh, mid-sized projects that many people know, um, and then look at the next layer down. Um, projects like Cardano, like Monero, Basic Attention Token, Stellar, Waves, Maker, all of these projects gained full-time developers. Um, in some cases, these projects lost developers overall, but full-time developers, which again are the people who work, you know, commit 10 days or more in a month, these developers actually increase for these projects. And then one of the things that's really fun that comes out of this analysis is you can actually look at projects that are not very big yet um, that have started to build a really healthy ecosystem. And so you can really start to see the beginnings of something. And so Grin was one thing that really popped out at us here. Grin has 33 developers working on it. And for a project that's launched about six months, that's you know, that's pretty incredible. And so it actually has the largest developer developer ecosystem of any coin under 50 million network value. And they're growing very quickly. For listeners who missed it, I did um, what to me was a super fun episode on Grin on Unchained. So I highly recommend you check that out. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask going back to um, 
Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So Bitcoin first, uh, there was a section of the report where you analyzed on-chain transaction count, mm-hmm. where it was basically just the number of transactions on-chain per day. And I noticed that the number of um, on-chain transactions on Bitcoin was low relative to its market cap and developer activity. Mm-hmm. But I noticed on Blocktivity, I don't know if you ever check that, but they have this like little meter. And at least today, the, ch- the chain showed that it was maxed out. Um, and, you know, obviously, we're already seeing that that chain is trying to move a lot of transactions to layer two. So in that regard, does, is that metric like maybe less important or will it like lose significance over time? Or and on top of that, like, is there a different metric you can use to, you know, that's like equivalent as more transactions move to layer two? Yeah, you know, I think that's a really great question. Um, there definitely is a danger to looking at pure transaction count because it really doesn't capture um, the amount that's transacted. And, and in a lot of cases, if um, the fees are lower or, um, you know, it's, it's a very gameable metric, for example. So I'd say transaction count is something to look at that, um, that you can consult with, but uh, maybe you know, just kind of keeping that caveat in mind that that it's a little bit of a gameable metric. And to your point, um, you know, a lot of activities moving on to layer two. And so looking at pure on-chain transactions, um, you, you definitely lose some of that nuance there. And so then would transaction volume be the better metric? Yeah, transaction volume is one thing to look at, but even transaction volume, I think, um, doesn't capture the whole picture. And one of the things that it doesn't capture, for example, is Ethereum. Um, you know, if you just look at transaction volume, it's very healthy, but that volume doesn't really include the volume for ERC-20 tokens, right? Which really should actually count towards Ethereum. Um, so I'd say, you know, transaction volume is a better metric to look at, but with really any of these metrics, it's really important to keep in mind the, the pros and cons and, and the, the nuances that you're losing by looking at each. Oh, no wonder. Okay. Because my exact next question for you was why there was such a large gap between the size of the Ethereum developer ecosystem and then the relatively low mm-hmm. daily transaction volumes. Yes, that's exactly um, right. But that makes so much sense because I was like, there's 1,200 developers on Ethereum. Yeah. We know there's like a ton of activity there. And why are these... Trans- okay, so it's because um, it's not accounted. Is, is there a way for you guys to measure to add in the ERC twenty tokens, or was that not possible? No, there's definitely a way, and actually, one of the things that we want to follow up with is is looking at you know aggregating some of that volume and then looking at it that way as well. But we wanted to keep it at a pure protocol layer um, in the sense that you know for that core chain, so for Bitcoin as well, it's really just for the Bitcoin chain or for the EOS chain. Um, what is that volume compared to the number of developers in ecosystem? So that really allowed us to have an apples to apples comparison. All right, we're going to discuss some of the other ways that Maria and Electric Capital parsed out developer activity in the crypto space in a moment. But first, a quick word from the sponsors who make this show possible. Crypto.com is the place you can buy crypto at true cost. You can buy over 40 coins at the lowest possible prices with no fees and no markups. At Crypto.com, we grow your crypto for you, too. You can earn up to 8% per year on BTC, ETH, XRP, and more when you deposit in any of the one-month, three-month, or flexible terms. Download the Crypto.com app on iOS or Android now. 
Will the world follow France and advocate banning privacy coins? Will government-backed stablecoins become the new fiat? Are distributed and peer-to-peer exchanges just a flash in the pan? The answer is maybe. Virtual currencies can flourish and create a new, private, and more versatile economy. But that grand vision can't happen without keeping crypto clean. And that requires support of governments and accountability for bad actors. Privacy-enhanced compliance using cryptographic controls has the potential to preserve anonymity without compromising legitimate investigations. CypherTrace is working on this vision of the future. Sign up to stay up to date on the Privacy-Enhanced Compliance Initiative and receive authoritative crypto AML reports quarterly. www.cyphertrace.com slash keep crypto clean. Back to my conversation with Maria Shen. So there was another way that you analyze these crypto networks, which is by something that you called active ecosystem. How do you define active ecosystem and what trends did you find Um, when you measured things that way? Yeah, so an active ecosystem is an ecosystem with at least two developers who have been full-time for six months out of a year. And the reason we really looked at it that way was, again, a lot of the developer loss or a lot of the activity within the crypto ecosystem um, come from developers that contribute infrequently. So they um, they contribute once a month or they, um, or they contribute, you know, just a couple of times a month. And so we really wanted to hone in on ecosystems that were very active, that were consistently building things. And that's, that's really how we came up with the active ecosystems measure. And you're looking for that because like as investors, you're imagining if something has an active ecosystem, then that means there will be like progress on that chain. Is that kind of like what what the importance of that metric is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think in general, you know, this really harkens back to why do we even care about developer activity overall? And developers are really an early signal for where value is going to be created and accrue. And so, you know, if in order for there to be network security or applications on chain, developers really need to go build that. Um, a lot of people believe this. So Chris Dixon, for example, talks about this all the time and that what developers do on the weekends is what people will work on during the weekdays in 10 years. And so, you know, that's really why looking at that concentration of developers is really important to us. Um, obviously, though, it's really important to keep in mind that this is just one signal and one part of the cohesive whole. But unfortunately, I think developer um, data is not something that's very easily accessible. And so that's really the gap we're trying to fill is, is giving more people access to this data that, that a lot of people care about. One thing that I found interesting in your analysis of the active ecosystems was that, so smart contract platforms, apps, and infrastructure were the most active. But then weirdly, money which to my mind is the earliest and sort of like most proven use case of blockchain technology. And then DeFi, which is, I guess, like a related trend, they're actually quite much less active. So what do you make of that? I would separate money from DeFi. So let's just talk about money first. Um, for a lot of these chains, um, development has really... Uh, you know, calm down to some extent. So for smart contract platforms, you really see a lot of activity on that because A, there's a lot of people working on the 
core protocol, but then B, a lot of people working on applications, contributing to applications on chain. And so that's really where you're seeing a lot of the activity. Um, for money, it's really more of a just consistent amount of activity. So again, Bitcoin, for example, has kept 100 developers since 2014. And so that's the, the sort of consistency that we see with money. The drop-off would really come from, um, you know, pro- like money projects that are maybe a little lower quality where developers are leaving and, and maybe aggregating really to, to higher quality projects. And for DeFi, um, you know, our finding is actually the opposite and that DeFi is small in absolute numbers right now, but it's actually one of the breakout categories. You're seeing a lot of full-time developers growing in DeFi and a lot of developers moving into DeFi. And that's one of the areas that, that have been very quickly increasing in the past year. Right, right. I guess, yeah, the numbers for DeFi uh, are small simply because it's sort of new. It's new, But it did surprise me that money was low, given that it's the oldest. Um, But actually, when when you started your answer, I just want to clarify one thing. You said that um, smart contracts and applications go together, but actually in your your analysis, you actually separated them. So, but, uh, oh, but I get, yeah, you're right. But they're both among the top two. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. right. Of course. Yeah. Um, and so overall, would you say that there are any coins that you think are punching below their weight price wise based on the metrics you looked at? Um, you know, I, I think there definitely are, um, a lot of the tokens that I mentioned, uh, mid cap and low cap are really surprising in, in the growth that they've seen in full-time developers. So, you know, again, projects like Monero, Cardano, basic attention token, Stellar, Waves, Maker, um, these have seen full-time developer growth. And then, of course, the breakout, um, the breakout projects that we saw that we were really surprised by was Grin, which, um, Again, is the largest developer developer ecosystem in coins under fifty million. So for that network value, they really do have a lot of developers that are working very hard on it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to lie. I I'm actually not surprised in the sense that, and I think I said this when I did that interview. There was so much about Grin that reminded me of Bitcoin and like kind of the obsessive, like falling in love feeling that I had when I learned about Bitcoin, um, which I had about learning about Grin as well. And so it was a little, I don't know, I, it just uh, doesn't surprise me that like other people sort of gravitated toward it. Um, and then as yeah. for like, yeah, do you? Oh, no, I was going to say, absolutely. I mean, I, I think another really interesting thing and in, in just even tracking how the times have changed. So Grin has 33 developers working on it now. And it's been out six months, you know, I mean, to think of the number of years that it took Bitcoin to get from, you know, one to two developers to 33 <laughs> developers, it, it's, you are obviously in a different era now. <laughs> Very different. Um, and then, so the reverse question, are there any coins that you think are punching above their weight price wise based on the metrics you looked at? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things that came out of this was, um, you know, maybe one was the loss in Bitcoin Cash. Um, again, we really care about the full-time developer count because these are the developers that are really building um, core functionality and, and really making progress in on-chain. And if you look at Bitcoin Cash, at least according to our analysis, um, just in January 2019, it fell from 24 full-time to 11 full-time. And so that 
that I think was, was something that stood out to us. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would say that's probably it. And then in our previous developer report and, and in this one, I think one of the other, um, projects that consistently have lower developers to network value would be Litecoin. So, um, you know, a lot of these Bitcoin forks that, that came around, what we're seeing is lower developer activity relative to the, the network value that they wield today. Yeah. And with Bitcoin Cash, for sure, there's been so much drama and so much of, I think the value of these networks comes from community. And so clearly they're, uh, the community is, is not a cohesive one. So that makes sense. Um, and actually just one other one that I wanted to call out because on the reverse and we saw that MakerDAO, uh, gained the most developers. It was like an 80% increase, obviously from a small base, mm-hmm. but still it was just on the chart. It's like clearly mm-hmm. really, really different from every other coin. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about why you think that is or, or what else your, you know, your observations are about Maker? Yeah, I think it's really part of, you know, we talked about DeFi briefly earlier in this conversation. I think it's really part of that trend is, is that makers full-time developers grew from nine to 23 over the last year. And, um, you know, that's, that's really remarkable. I think that's really part of, uh, people intuitively have been, have been aware that DeFi is, is growing in importance. And I think this is one of the metrics that, that really confirms some of the intuitions that people have had around this. So overall, based on your research, do you feel like you have any projections you can make about how you think the crypto space will develop going forward? Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting analysis or comparisons we wanted to make is, is how crypto compares to other open source ecosystems. Um, so if you look at that, you know, the number of Ethereum developers is approaching the number of contributors to Apache projects in Q1 2019. That's very remarkable. That being said, there's still a lot of room to, to grow. So no JS package manager users, there's 4 million of them, right? So whereas we're still in the thousands. So there's definitely a lot of room to grow. But I think the takeaway here that was super fascinating is that Part-time and one-time developers tend to increase in bear markets, um, whereas full-time developer growth rate continues, but just at a slightly slower rate in, in bear markets. So what that really means is that for the full-time developers, um, the ones that are consistently building, they're very, very sticky in the crypto ecosystem. And so if you we, we did this fun production forward, right? To say like, you know, what if the next four years of developer growth looked like the last four years and we get to something like 70,000 in March, 2023? Um, obviously this is a projection into the future, but I, I think if you just even look at the way that historically developers have stuck around despite market conditions, it's definitely very possible to look at it that way. Yeah, well, something that was funny to me about that chart was that the way you projected it out was that it would actually peak at a higher number before and then drop a little bit before we get (laughs) to 70k. So it was like you were projecting some future bubble and then it kind of a resettling at a new, at a new level or at a new plateau or something. But, but as we know, that's kind of how it goes in crypto. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we tried to, we tried to incorporate a little bit of volatility in there. <laughs> yeah, getting super realistic. Um, okay. Well, great. It's a fabulous report. So good job. 
Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And thanks for coming on Unconfirmed. Of course. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for thoughtful questions. Thanks so much for joining us today. To learn more about the topics we discussed, be sure to check out the links in the show notes of your podcast player. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to share the episode on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Fractal Recording, Anthony Yoon, Daniel Ness, and Rich Struffolino. Thanks for listening.